0: This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news.
1: Let's now talk about the earthquake. Yes, the one that struck Turkey last Monday. Did you know that the same quake also struck Syria? The two countries share a border. Today they share the brunt of the monster 7.8 magnitude quake and its aftershocks, and the other two big quakes that followed. So when both Turkey and Syria are suffering, why is it that the world is only shedding tears for one? Why are countries pretending that Turkey alone is in pain? And why is the Western media leaving out Syria from its reportage? We World is one is the only international news channel reporting from Aleppo from parts of Syria crying out to be heard. Our reporter Gadi Francis has been sharing heartbreaking stories from Syria all weekend. Stories of children being separated from their parents. Here, the- stories of children being left to die. Stories of help never arriving. So why did the world fail to respond to Syria's SOS call? This is where Syria is located on the map, it is not some isolated island. Syria shares borders with Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, Iraq and Turkey. There are way too many routes for help to come into Syria, why then is the help not crossing the border into Syria? The answer is simple, politics. See this image. This is the area affected by the earthquake, and this area has multiple stakeholders. Some parts are controlled by Kurdish-led forces, some by the Syrian government, and some by Syrian rebels. And then there are the areas held by Turkish-backed Syrian rebels. These territorial divisions have complicated the world's response to this disaster. And the percolation of politics, the desire for revenge, has blinded some countries to Syria's plight altogether. It has sealed the fate of those living in this part of the world. Currently, there is just one route, one approved route into northwestern Syria, or Idlib to be specific, and it is this. The Ban al-Hawa crossing. The UN is asking Syria to open other routes too, but the government of Bashar al-Assad and his allies, Russia and Iran, are not too inclined. Then there are the countries that oppose the Syrian government. You know, the U.S.-led coalition, the likes of the U.K., France, Jordan, Turkey, Canada and Australia. These countries are not exactly jumping at the thought of helping areas under government control. Like Aleppo. Because the West wants Assad gone. The conflicting interests are obvious, but no one thought that these interests would be prioritized over humanitarian aid. While countries race to help Turkey, assistance to help Syria was only extended via international organizations and help groups working in Syria. Like the UN. The first European aid to government health zones arrived only on Sunday. Now let me be clear, I'm not pitting one country's plight against another, but let's face it, Syria needed help more than Turkey, and it still needs that help. Syria does not even have the basic infrastructure in place. It has been torn apart by the civil war that has been ongoing for 12 years. The areas that were hit by the quake were already battling a a cholera outbreak. And now the people living there have been left to simply fend for themselves. They have been left there to die. Their houses have been reduced to rubble. They have no place to live, no food to eat the World Food Program is calling it a catastrophe on top of a catastrophe. In fact, we all saw this catastrophe firsthand. Let me show you some of the footage that Gadi has been sending us across from Syria. Take a look.: Calamity, disaster and very bad weather conditions. The Syrians
0: are still going out every day to show the world that there is something to live for. We are here inside Syria. From Damascus to Aleppo, we will show you the trail of pain and resilience of the Syrian people. As we can see, this is obviously part of the donation or the system that is happening. Marhaba. In the city of Hama, five centers uh, are being uh, uh, sheltered for the displaced people, as per the, um, the representative of the NGO taking care right here. This is not by the war, although a lot of Aleppo has been really ravaged by the war. This is because of the recent earthquake. So what really resisted the war did not resist the earthquake. So this good lady here is telling us nobody has checked her house yet it is already in danger inside her home. So she invited us to see for ourselves. Now this is the traditional Aleppo homes. Probably this home is more than a thousand years old. This is the crack she's showing us. This is one of the quakes aftermaths here. Right now, people, residents of this building, are evacuating their their things, their home, collecting their memories and their lives to flee from this building that is in danger of falling any second. We are still following the tremors and the results of the earthquake in this city. It's not only about the buildings that fell. It's also about the buildings that might fall later on because of the shock of the earthquake. Inside this alley, where the trucks are still working to remove the rubble is what once was a Riahi building. This is Jebli. A riahi building witnessed a survival story of a different kind. One of the Lebanese volunteers came here. And while he was working on the fifth day after the earthquake, a baby,
1: a child and a mother were saved. Some heartbreaking stories right there. So far, more than 4,300 people have died in Syria. No one knows How many more remain stuck under the rubble? Meanwhile, the UN relief chief says that Syrians feel abandoned. We are not surprised. While this earthquake has brought out the selflessness in some people, it has also brought to light the ugly side of the world, which politicizes help, which saves people based on their nationality, which sees nothing wrong in closing its ears to cries for help. And who better to talk to us about all of this than the only international news reporter who has been reporting from ground in Aleppo. In the last three days, Viyan has been traveling across Syria from Damascus to Hama, to Aleppo, Jabli, and now we are in Latakia city, and that's where Gadi Francis joins us live from. Gadi, thanks for joining us. I've been telling our viewers how Viyan has been the only international channel to report from Aleppo. You are in Latakia city right now. Tell us, what is the situation on ground? What have you seen so far? most of the sound bites, most of the words that have been
0: used in gravitas tonight I have heard them on the streets. people have been saying it everywhere I have been. but most importantly today in Jabli it was really stressful because the people are even refusing to go to shelters. I have seen really very bad conditions of people just putting handmade tents in the backyards of their once, built homes and now destroyed. And I have seen stories of fathers who pull out their children with their own hands. And up till that second, there are no machinery or tools or rescue or professional rescue teams that came to remove the rubble. This is the reality in this part of Syria. Maybe in Aleppo, it is bad, but at least there are a little bit of NGOs and rescue teams and some multiple nationalities. Here in this part, there is the Russian troops' existence. So the Russian forces were the only kind of professional rescue team. And they already came—maybe they commenced their operation hours and hours after the earthquake. I've spoken to many people who have lost their families, lost their kids
1: or their parents. Gadi, you're saying that people are even afraid to go to the shelters. Aid is trickling in very slowly, if at all. So what is it that people there need the most? What can the international community do at this point?
0: There are places, especially in the villages of Jablé where they still need machines to remove the rubble. They need people to clean the streets. They need to evacuate and to reduce the danger because many buildings in this countries still are in danger of collapsing over the heads of people I have been walking in streets and people tell me to stay to the right or stay to the left because balconies can fall we need to save and cut down the uh, the world needs to cut down further losses in lives this is number one number two people need real shelters and they need donations and aid they need medicine they need fuel they need food they need necessities they need places to sleep mats Part of the aid that India sent yesterday was basically the basic need, but very scarce and very few uh, um, um, of this relief is really getting uh, to this part of Syria, because it's very— enclosed like you have already mentioned. This is the governmental part
1: of Syria. Absolutely, Gadi, let's talk about the reportage of the quakes. We're not trying to pit uh, the plight of one country against the other, but it is a fact that Syria needs aid more at the moment, yet the coverage of this tragedy has been quite skewed. And uh, Western media at large has not reported on what's actually happening in Syria. We, as the platform that we have, the audience that we have from 190-plus countries, you, of course, are getting us live reports from the tragedy. So, how can the international community and the media do their bit? Well, many people
0: don't trust the relief system, if I want to be clear with you. But I have seen on the ground Syrian people helping Syrian people. Two non-governmental organizations I can now mention. The Syrian Red Crescent, the Syrian Arab Red Crescent is one, and the Syrian Civil uh, Defense is another. Those are the civilians that are helping the civilians in Syria. So in case people don't want to help the government, these are the two NGOs that I have seen on ground. As for the links on the internet, I'm not sure if this will be delivered. The best choice is to go to the relief system that is uh, uh, these two entities on ground or to look for ways to get inside and to really hand in aid. You can just come and see people for yourself. If you are in the international community, try to send to these two kind of
1: international entities. Absolutely, Gadi. Thank you so much for all those insights, for all your work today and, of course, over the next couple of days. More power to you. Thank you. That, of course, was Vion's Gadi Francis joining us live from Latakia, Syria. You see, this is what separates us from others who claim to be telling you global stories that matter. At Gravitas, we don't just tell you stories from selected countries from around the world. We tell you the stories that others try hard to suppress because it simply doesn't suit their propaganda or because they are too scared to hold the truth to power.